You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Have I fulfilled my purpose? What will I be remembered for? What kind of legacy have I passed along to my loved ones? When patients pose these questions, how do we respond? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me today is Dr. Barry K. Baines. Dr. Baines is Chief Medical Officer of UCARE Minnesota, co-founder of the Legacy Center, Associate Medical Director of Hospice of the Twin Cities, and author of the book Ethical Wills, Putting Your Values on Paper. Dr. Baines, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Well, thank you, Susan. It's a pleasure to be here. What is an ethical will? Well, my elevator speech for ethical wills, very simply, it's a way to record and share your values, beliefs, life's lessons, hopes, love, and forgiveness with family, friends, and community. Uh, One can think of an ethical will as your spiritual legacy or legacy of values or the voice of the heart. And what sparked your interest in ethical wills? I got interested in ethical wills through my work uh, in uh, my hospice uh, program at the time. This was about 10 years ago. Um, We were actually working on a project on relieving suffering at the end of life. And one of our patients told our chaplain that his suffering was a 10 out of 10. In other words, it was the worst suffering imaginable. And when the chaplain came to our hospice rounds that week, uh, related a little bit more the story that this man felt that he was going to die and there'd be no trace that he was ever on the earth. This was a gentleman who didn't have much in the way of, of valuables, of assets, material assets, didn't have a lot of education, and his work history was fairly spotty. Uh, He had a family that he loved quite a bit. He was a young man, relatively young, in his late 40s. He had pancreatic cancer, had a wife and and two children, and yet he felt he would die and there'd be no trace. And all of us, just that pall of of hopelessness uh, spread over us. And the light bulb went on in my head, and I remembered having read about uh, 10 years earlier about this ancient tradition that's called an ethical will, uh, where people essentially bequeath their values versus a will of inheritance where we, you know, bequeath our valuables. And uh, after rounds that day, the chaplain and I got together and constructed a few questions that uh, this man, Dennis, might be able to uh, answer and and leave actually as a written legacy, um, you know, of his values and experiences. And when the chaplain uh, went to the man's house and and asked him about it, this man grabbed onto this the way a drowning person would grab onto a life preserver, hastily sketched out this ethical will, and the amazing thing was as soon as he was done doing this, he told the chaplain that the suffering that he was experiencing completely went away. And so when uh, Phil, our chaplain, reported this at rounds the next time, uh, everybody said, whoa, this is really uh, something. How can we utilize this uh, a little bit more uh, within, you know, within our hospice setting? Because I brought up the idea, of course, everybody said that I was the expert and that I should... <laughs> Uh, put something together, and I was very excited about it actually to do this because it's pretty well understood that humans have this transcendent dimension, you know, which is the idea that we want to see our lives as part of a bigger picture, as something that's bigger than, you know, just our lives or our lifetimes. And so I uh, sat down to put together some uh, exercises and questions that could be uh, answered by patients who would be interested in this. And we found it to be very useful. What's been interesting is that uh, since that time in hospice, it's it's actually uh, spread way beyond uh, just a hospice and end-of-life setting. 
so that people are writing ethical wills uh, at many different life stages, transitions, and turning points. And as I mentioned earlier, this is a tradition that actually has uh, references in, in Scripture. So it's a tradition that goes back 3,500 years. And how do you bring up the subject of ethical wills with patients? Yeah, in my sense, the way I do it oftentimes is when I'm trying to assess a patient's goals and preferences for treatment, oftentimes that leads into a discussion of values. It also will happen in the course of talking about advanced care planning or advanced directives, where it's really important to know what people value in their lives to determine the best uh, treatment choices. So in medical setting, I've used it, you know, in part because I'm very familiar with ethical wills, and, and so it, it does uh, occur fairly, you know, fairly easily for me. But in the course of treatment for most physicians, I think the uh, opportune time is uh, in bringing up particular treatment options or in particular in, in for advanced directives. Now, what's important to understand is that very few people will have ever heard of the term ethical will. So in bringing up that whole topic, one might want to explain that an ethical will is not a legal document, and so it's very different from a will of inheritance or the living will, the advanced directive, both of which are, are considered legal documents, um, and that there are resources that are available to help people to do that. But primarily, it's again, it's recording you know, your values and beliefs and uh, what you've learned you know, from life and uh, hopes that you may have for the future generations. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Barry K. Baines, discussing his book, Ethical Wills, Putting Your Values on Paper. So, Dr. Baines, if people are uncomfortable with writing, if they say, I don't write well, so I couldn't create an ethical will, there are other ways to communicate to communicate this information. You can certainly do it by video, uh, you know, audio tape. There's lots of technology. I always like to let people know, though, that we don't know uh, how technology will change over time. So I certainly do encourage people to also uh, uh, keep a written copy handy. The other thing is because uh, we tend to uh, not write letters anymore, where we have much more access to talk to people long distance, and, and that's really not a cost barrier, people have gotten away from writing. And so one of the biggest challenges that I find working with people is exactly the question that you uh, raised before. People are uncomfortable with writing or they think they're not a good enough writer. But an ethical will is the voice of the heart. You'll very quickly find that uh, people do find their voice, again, with some uh, guided exercises of things to write, of which I can say my book is replete with uh, not only uh, uh, simple writing exercises, but also a lot of examples of ethical wills. I think that it oftentimes even helps even more than the writing exercises is to be able to read a few ethical wills to get the sense of, of what's contained in them. Would you read us an example of an ethical will? Okay, here we go. This is, uh, again, an ethical will by a gentleman uh, who was in his early 70s. He was diagnosed with lung cancer about six months earlier, and he didn't have uh, much time left when he composed this. Dear family and friends, the following are the things that I have learned through life. Never give up. Through having cancer, I have learned that one can't always believe the doctor, who at one time only gave me three weeks to live. Keep fighting it, keep doing it, and be stubborn, but be open to other people. Faith in God is important. I don't know why I'm still here. 
I'm not all that religious, but I am a believer. I have learned how to say no, and one can't do everything. Never be afraid to say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Ask for God's forgiveness. Recovery is important. Through recovery, I have gotten through a lot. My recovery is following the AA program, especially the serenity prayer. I've learned to listen to other people's stories. Mine isn't the worst, believe me. I've had 23 years of sobriety. Learn to be humble. I've learned to be as honest as you can be. If you want something, for God's sake, ask for it. You can't read minds. The wisdom to know the difference comes from God. Be the best person you can be. This may mean to do the simple things like having a fire pit and roasting hot dogs and marshmallows. And be generous with love. Through my mother and a neighbor named Gus, I've learned to have a good sense of humor. Learn to live day by day and have acceptance of another's quirkiness. Have a willingness to be open. My hopes for my family and friends? I hope that everyone can learn to get along. Whatever will happen will happen. One must learn to accept that and not control it. Forgive whatever misunderstandings or differences there are. Not all people can be the same. I hope especially for my family to get along in life and make a living for themselves. I hope that they can all believe in God, and I hope that you can remember the good memories, such as going on camping trips. And a special note to my seven kids. Each one of you is so different. You wouldn't know that you were related except for your looks. But you all have a little bit of me hanging around you, some good and some not so good. Finally, I am thankful for all those who have been good to me and have been helpful. I've learned to live a good life. I hope a good life for all. Goodbye. That's beautiful. Did he share this before he died? Actually, he died about three weeks after he wrote it, and so it was in process of, of being shared. I think, in, in fact, that the family did get this just before, you know, just before he died, and they actually had it at, at his funeral as well. And again, this is, you know, there's a certain elegance to this ethical will from a man who, again, didn't even have a high school education and was not a writer. But he, you know, you can tell it's the, you know, the voice from the heart, as it, as it were. So I have another one here that was written by a, a 29-year-old woman who uh, also was dying of cancer. And it's it's the ethical will that's most widely read on, on my website. It has uh, twice as many hits as any other ethical will I have there. What is the website address? It's www.ethicalwill.com. And how would someone know they were reading that one? It's the very first one on the examples page. Okay. Dear friends and loved ones, as I contemplated this memorial service, I felt great gratitude in my heart that each of you would be here to say goodbye to me. Many of you have shared your warmth, kindness, and love with me during these last months. I want to say thank you and goodbye and share with you the lessons I've learned through my dying. I have profoundly experienced that love is all that matters. Like many people, I occasionally got caught in my pettiness and separation, thinking I knew the right answer. I judged others, and I have judged myself even more harshly. But I have learned that we carry within ourselves the abundant wisdom and love to heal our weary heart and judgmental mind. I do not carry anger. I feel we are all doing the best we can. Life is not about how long we live, 
but about how we live. And I have had a good life. I accept my dying as part of the wondrous process of life. My sadness is in leaving you. I'll miss the deep comfort and love of gently waking up in my husband Peter's arms, giving up our dreams of future years together. Please do not think I have lost a battle with cancer, for I have won the challenge of life. I have shared unconditional love. I have opened to the mystery of spirit and feel that divinity is all around us every day and provides us with a path on which our spirit may take flight. When you think of me, know that my spirit has taken flight and that I loved you. With my love, Bettina. Dr. Baines, thank you for reading that and for joining us today. You're very welcome. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.